0: okay I got it okay all right everybody welcome to another episode of immigration and travel I'm here with a very good friend of mine a friend that I've traveled with in the past Uh, her name is Megan and uh, very excited to talk to you today because you will be my first guest that will be focused on uh, what it feels like to traveling alone um, as a girl as a is a grown-up woman and uh, we've Mm -hmm. talked and we've had a lot of stories in the past uh, between us as we've traveled as we've spoken on the phone and everything but I want this to maybe inspire other girls uh, to do what you're doing and to find and like an alternative lifestyle uh, and uh, you know not have everybody follow the the same pattern so first of all how, how are you doing today and where are you located
1: I'm doing really well. I'm actually in Mexico at the moment. I'm looking over a nice beach, looking at the beach right now. So I have no complaints.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, and you're in Mexico? Where exactly?
1: Yeah, I'm like 30 minutes south of Tijuana in like a super little, little town uh, just past the border. Yeah, okay. it's called San Antonio Del Mar.
0: Nice. Um, and what, what made you want to spend your time there right now? Have you been there before?
1: Yeah, I've been here so many times. I ended up coming here last year actually through like a big chain of events, but I ended up here because a friend of mine that I met in England like five years ago, I hosted him once and then he ended up staying at my house for like a week because he was traveling and then I knew he moved to Tijuana, so when I got in last year for the first time I sent him a message and he told me, stay as long as you want and it's been nearly a year. <laughs> No, I've I've left in between, but I've definitely stayed a lot longer than I planned. It's a really nice area here.
0: That's awesome. Um, so usually, and I told you this before we started recording, I like to dig deep into people's lives, like how they started, how they got to the point in their lives that they're in now. We're gonna try to condense that today, so that we just focus on like the substance. Um, but I do want mm-hmm. you to kind of tell the listeners. Um your upbringing like where you're from and when you decided to travel i know that in the united states there's a stigma to traveling it's not as open as it as it is in europe and that's kind of obvious because the the transportation system isn't like the most accessible Uh, it's mostly people driving cars across states uh, Mm-hmm. more typical to do like a, a 50 or renting a van and driving across all 50 states. There's so many national parks. So many things are oriented towards national parks and nature in the United States. So that in itself is beautiful. But in Europe, mm-hmm. there's so many little towns, so much history, so many little places to, to find and um, a way better transportation system. So I know personally right off the bat that oh, it's sure. the trans, like, transportation system in, in Europe helps a lot. But for you personally, like like I said, what, what is your upbringing and when did you decide you wanted to, to start traveling? Um,
1: I actually grew up in like a super, super, super small town. It's like a town of 400 people. I didn't even live in town. I lived in like outside of town. So I've always grown up in the countryside. So... When I turned 18, I moved to the big city straight away because I wanted to venture out. I wanted something bigger and some more, yeah, something new, I guess, and something bigger. So I moved to Utrecht, which is like one of the main cities in Holland, and I started studying there. Um, And while I was studying, I did a lot of traveling because I was working full time, so I was making good money. Um, and I pretty much went away at least once a month. Like it's, it used to be, and I'm sure it still is, but I haven't been in years. Like so cheap to buy a flight from pretty much anywhere in Europe, you could buy flights for like 20 bucks. So I think that's how the traveling kind of started. I would just travel to a different city every month. Um, and then eventually my third year of uni, I ended up going abroad. I was supposed to go abroad for like four years. Uh, Sorry, four months and and ended up staying away for like a whole year because I just wanted to see more of where I was. Ended up studying in Glasgow and then back. I finished my uni degree. And a few months after I graduated, I ended up booking a single flight to Bangkok. And it's been almost five years and I haven't looked back since.
0: (laughs) So you were born in the Netherlands. Um, You were born in a little town of 400 people. Yeah, And were these people, because I know in like bigger cities in Europe, people do tend to travel and they're pretty aware of the accessibility of of flights. Like you mentioned, you think your town, most people kind of left and went to that big city and then started traveling or do you think they had more of a small town mentality?
1: Most people stayed. Most people actually never really left the province where I was. There's a few people that would, the only reason why people would leave the province or studying pretty much, because there's no university um, where I was born. So people would leave the city to start studying and then maybe they'd stick around because there's more opportunities there. But I'd say generally in the small towns, most people don't travel much. But once you get to the big city, because there's such a big community of people from all over the world and students from all over the world, that's where you really like, start meeting people that want to venture out and travel more.
0: Nice. So you graduated, you went to school, you went to university, um, you graduated yeah. and you immediately bought a ticket to Thailand.
1: Yeah, I knew I wanted to go travel and I knew I didn't want to start working straight after. I wanted to try something else. I was scared of getting stuck in this like working, working life where I'd be behind a desk for the rest of my life. So I thought I'd like go out for a year, or like a few months at least and see some of the world um so I left a few months after I graduated I saved up I got like three jobs and I saved money as we go and yeah I just booked a, a single flight to Bangkok with a bank with a backpack and that's how it so started by, really the big my life my by, trip mm-hmm.
0: you were by yourself you didn't this first trip was not with anybody else was it just you
1: yeah it was just me I literally I didn't plan anything I just I booked the flight to Bangkok. I think I booked a hostel for the first two nights. I didn't go with anyone. I didn't speak the language. I didn't even know anything inside of the park from Bangkok. I had no idea there was even like a full moon or islands. I just, I didn't know anything. So I just booked the flight and hoped for the best. And the second I arrived, I knew I would probably stay around for a while.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. So did you, had you seen other people before? Like, let's focus on women. Had you seen another woman before that, uh, maybe a friend or maybe somebody online that, well, that was traveling by, by herself? And, and did that inspire you?
1: Yeah, we, well, for my, the course I did at university, it was mandatory to study abroad for like at least one semester or like a whole year if you wanted to. So I saw most of the girls that were in my, degree they go some of the girls went to Australia some girls went to like China there's like a whole bunch of places girls went I ended up staying actually pretty close because my family's from Scotland so it was a good opportunity to live like close to my family for a year so I didn't venture out that much but I remember seeing like a bunch of girls who would go to the other side of the world and I was actually really impressed with them just going all the way to Australia by themselves um but yeah turned out not to be so difficult so
0: that's that's amazing so you get to thailand and well i guess the first question is it's cool to travel it's cool to be out there challenge yourself uh how do you how do you sustain yourself financially
1: so i saved up a bunch before i left i was working like three jobs i always worked full-time next to studying because i just wanted to have enough money to travel so i've always had like a bit of a, some savings for traveling um But I thought I saved up my first trip for like six months. I was like, oh, it'll cost me maybe like a $1,000 a month roughly um, to travel around, which is pretty accurate in like Southeast Asia where I went. Um, I started in Thailand and I went to like a whole bunch of places in Asia, Vietnam, Cambodia, and I somehow ended up in Laos where I then got a job at a local bar and I just got this job because I met two guys in Vietnam and they ended up being on the same bus which took 24 hours to Laos and they both started working there so they said why don't you come work here and I was like you know what I'm gonna give it a try and I ended up staying for six months and that managed to extend my travels by like six months because they would pay me food they would pay me accommodation food and drinks a lot of drinks (laughs) but yeah basically I wasn't spending anything for six months and I was living in this beautiful place with amazing people learning so many things about myself the country the people around me so yeah even if you don't have much money there's so many ways for you to like
0: yeah I think think that's uh besides you know actually taking that first step um it's it's like what comes after I I feel like a lot of people will launch them so it's already hard enough but a lot of people you know take that big first step and then they'll the first question after that kind of wears off is how do I maintain this? You know? Um, so you, you yeah. just answered that. You, you say that you you run into people and I can attest to that fact as well, that as you travel, you're just going to meet people and they're going to provide you with opportunities and it's up to you if you want to take them or you don't want to take them, but the opportunities will come. Right. So it's almost oh, like you yeah. don't have to worry sure. too much as long as you're in those situations where you stay around people who are also traveling who also have that same kind of energy, I do think you will be you will have proposals that you can either take or leave right oh, um, yeah, sure. so um, how, how was tell me tell me real quick how was it living in, in Laos and, and do you did where did you say you worked
1: um so I worked at this little bar in Bien. it's um just a small town in like the mountain areas but there's a it's really popular for backpackers so there's not that many backpackers that go to laos most people stay like thailand vietnam some people might go to cambodia malaysia but most people skip laos um so there's only there's still backpackers coming through but it's not like thailand basically these people would come here there's like a river that went through the town and um it was kind of like a pub crawl but then with tubes so you have like all these blow up tires and people would get in one, you'd rent them from the town, they'd bring you to like a part of the river and you'd like float all the way down and people would pull you in. They'd have bar on each side of the river where we, where we would work. So we worked at the first bar and we basically just played drinking games with people and like got them to stay in the bar as long as we could. Um, we worked behind the bar a little, um, but yeah, that was our first job. And then at night we would work at a different bar um in town there's only like two main bars so pretty much all the backpackers would travel through um so yeah you'd, you'd still meet a lot of backpackers there
0: as well and then how many girl travelers did you meet uh, during that time I guess when you first started to travel and you ended up to, at, at that point like had you met people just like you girls just like you
1: uh yeah for sure there's def- I definitely met girls traveling by themselves as well but I noticed a lot of girls who travel in pairs or in groups um, but there was definitely girls traveling by themselves as well. I think also when you say I'm traveling by myself I never feel like I'm really traveling by myself because you probably know as soon as you arrive anywhere there's always immediately someone or a bunch of people that you click with and that you end up hanging out with and maybe even travel with for a while so I feel like you never really by yourself but i met, I met a, another girl that was actually traveling with a friend pretty easily uh pretty fast on in island and her friend ended up going home so we traveled together for a few months two months maybe uh which was really nice but then after yeah we all went we went our separate ways but it's pretty easy when you're traveling solo to meet
0: yeah, other solo
1: travelers as well to
0: you're totally with. right about mm-hmm. saying you never feel like you're like you're by yourself in fact I'd say my experience, most places I leave, I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss. And then you have like this list of people that you're like, oh, yeah, because I, I think we talked about this in person. You 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 aren't sure when you're going to see these people ever again. Like you hope to see them some other in some other place at some other time, but it's not a guarantee. So you're almost like that is now stuck as like that that energy of the week or whatever we did that's now stuck in our memories and that's fine you know and that's fine but you're gonna miss it you know as soon as you leave that place um, so so it's like cool to continue on and seeing different places but there are places you're like man I really like this one and I'm gonna miss and and have all these uh, crazy memories of this place and I mean, if you really felt like yourself uh, by yourself, then I don't think you would you would miss and people, you know.
1: No, it's mostly the people, not the places. Everywhere I go, everywhere I end up staying longer, it's always the people I met, not the places where I am. The people are by far the most important aspect of traveling for me, at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's weird, but these people are all pretty pretty. They're like us, you know. They. It's not like you're gonna go somewhere and you're gonna meet somebody so different from you. I mean, they're doing the same kind of life, you know? So yeah. you are. You do mm-hmm. tend to click with these people more easily, even in your own hometown. Like you you, could gather 10 people from your hometown and you may not get along with any of them because they all have different yeah. mindsets. Mm-hmm. But once you put people in a hostel and they're kind of there for the same purpose, you just strike up a conversation. I remember being in Jordan recently and like this hostel was really small it was like a house turned into a hostel and there was a couch like a living room with a very comfortable couch and it was so knitted together because the, the space was was very closed and you just sat down on the couch and people were just chatting for hours hey where have you been what have you done and you just talk about countries you talk about cultures you talk about Things you didn't know a few seconds before. And it's so oh, cool yeah. to talk to people and not have the same sort of conversations. Not like sit there yeah. every weekend and hey, like how is blah blah doing? Oh, she's good. Blah. No, it's like you meet somebody new, they have a totally different traje- trajectory, and nobody has ever really done the same trip. Maybe they visited the same places, but the same path. Nobody has the yeah. same path. So it's cool to sit there and 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 and, uh, and talk to talk to people and, and learn and learn and, and get inspired. And I've seen so many girls that, that travel by themselves and they've been to countries. And this is something I want to ask you. Like, I, I, most of the people, sorry, most of the girls that I talk to, they haven't really had that many bad experiences. So no. let's focus on the beginning of your trip, like in in the Asian uh, countries in Southeast Asia. Did you? feel uh, in danger did you feel like maybe the opposite sex was looking at you the wrong way or or in a suspicious way like did you have any bad feelings or, or any occurrences um
1: I think it's always gonna happen when you're like I'm a pretty pasty white girl so for a pasty white girl to go to country where there's not many pasty white people of course people are always gonna like stare and like look but i think southeast asia was the first place i went to and i was surprised by maybe not surprised but like i like was happy about how respectful everyone was there actually and um, and i didn't get any bad vibes bad intentions from people generally of course sometimes you know you're like in the middle of the night in a big city or like on a bus and you meet some like dodgy people but I don't think I've experienced anything more unsafe there than I would in a big city at home, you know?
0: Yeah. And, sure. um, and now you, you mentioned that at the start, you've been doing this for five years. So can you quickly give us like, I, I know maybe you won't remember them all, but where can you, where have you been and, and where do you think you, uh, maybe if you've had a bad experience where, where you felt the most in danger, do you also pick places based on reputations? Like, You have maybe have been to,
1: actually not at all. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't really research any of the countries I go to before I go. Most of the places I've been to, for example, in in Central America, like Honduras or Salvador, even like Mexico, they might have like a bad reputation for people, but the second you arrive there, you realize that it's not like that at all, and they're all people as well, and. They're even friendlier people maybe than people that you're used to back home. It's, um, yeah, it's a shame that so many people are scared to go somewhere just because of maybe how the media portrays it or because of how other people have experienced that place. But I've been to Southeast Asia, Australia, obviously Europe, Central America, South America, the States. I've traveled pretty much everywhere by myself and I've never had a really... Scary experience in five years,
0: never. That's really, really good to hear. I think that uh, will fill people with confidence or girls with confidence if, if they hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think there are places out there that maybe are a little bit too scary for you that you, you might be like, you know what? Like, for example, I, I don't know if you've been to Africa, but like, uh, or, or North Africa, or I don't know. I maybe... haven't been to
1: Africa yet. No.
0: Do you think that would play in your mind?
1: I'm sure there are places that it's safe for for me not to go. You know, even in every country you go to, there's areas where you don't go. I just came back from Colombia, there's areas where you should go here in Mexico. Like I'm really close to Tijuana, which supposedly is one of the safest places. But if you're smart and you just pay attention to what happens around you and you read a situation well, you can you can go anywhere, like, if you're smart enough not to take, I don't know, you don't walk around the big city by night by yourself, if you feel something's a bit over dodgy, it probably is, so just don't interact with it, don't go with it, if you're taking a taxi and someone, if something doesn't feel right, then just get out, and do some, take a new taxi, you know, like, there's so many things, if your gut, if your gut tells you that's something's not right when you're traveling, then you should just listen to it. And there's always so many ways to get out of situations, you know. Um, but I'd say out of all countries, the place that people told me not to go to and that was really dangerous um, was Honduras. And that ended up being one of the best trips of my (laughs) entire life. I spent seven months there and I never, I never felt unsafe there. Not one second.
0: No. Right, and um, when did you when did you go to Honduras? Because you've told me this story um, of of being there during COVID times, right?
1: Yeah, last year I was traveling Central America. I was in actually I was in El Salvador, and um, I was in a little city called Santa Ana. I think it was called, and that was one of the places actually where I didn't feel very safe. There was just some, that There was a very tense atmosphere there. I was traveling with uh, my two friends, Asha Mel uh, from Australia and Sweden at the time for a few months and they had the same feeling. So we just all decided not to stay in El Salvador, even though I'm sure, sure there's beautiful places in the rest of the country that we didn't experience. But we decided to go to Honduras because my friend's sister recommended us the place. And we packed all of our stuff and took like seven or eight local buses to get to this little island called Jutila and then and we were two weeks in and it was it was the start of the pandemic we were starting to hear things about like things closing down flights being cancelled and we were on this small like little diving island in Honduras and then I think the pandemic really started maybe like early March was it late March and then they basically gave us the choice they said this is the last day you're gonna be able to leave the island we're going to stop all the ferries we're going to stop all the boats if you want to go go now if you want to stay we don't know how long you're going to be here so i guess we all thought it was only going to be a few weeks at the beginning of the pandemic 95 percent of people fled the island because they're all scared something crazy was going to happen and we ended up being stuck there for six months um, on this little island for the I just I can't imagine being stuck
0: somewhere for six months especially on an island like what about medical care what about food what about like all the essentials
1: that's the reason why so many people left there was not a lot of medical care there was like one (laughs) little clinic and one doctor I think there was um yeah that was pretty much all the medical there was there was boats that would come in once or twice a week from the mainland to provide food um and people were scared they were going to stop the ferries. But we've always thought, like, we're on an island full of people. They're not just going to let a whole island of people starve, you know? If if something's going to happen, they'll bring us at least food to survive, you know? Um, but none of that ended up even being closely, like, close to reality at all because we had the best time of our life for six months. We didn't have to worry about food. We had no cases on the island because the island was, like, in a full like lockdown people didn't come onto the island they leave the island for six months so we had no cases the food was still coming in
0: so what kind uh, of food were you guys eating on a day-to-day basis
1: pretty much just the food uh, a lot of local food as well we well I'm vegan now I wasn't at the time but we did a lot of fresh fruit vegetables a lot of beans like pretty much everything was there the only thing they ran out of was like certain types of beer and cigarettes because <laughs> people stocked up on them <laughs> Uh, including us I suppose but um no we never ran out of anything we never really had to fear for anything we, we had a lockdown in the beginning where we couldn't leave the house after I think it was 6 or 7 p.m but we met a group of seven people the day the last day of the ferries and we all decided to stay so we rented a house together people from all over the world like Germany England Canada Australia denmark holland honduras we had like everyone and we just all got this huge house together and we just pretty much set out the whole <laughs> pandemic there yeah it
0: it's really so cool. crazy that's it. Mm-hmm. it it never fails to amaze me that you guys were there because i'm more i'm more i mean I'm, i guess i'm brave but to to be stuck in one island for for seven months it that's very crazy and um mm-hmm. What, like, what would, what would you guys do, like, uh, for fun? Would you just run around the <laughs> island, jump in the water, like, do stupid childish stuff since there was nothing else to do? Like, what were you guys in the, doing? In
1: the, in the beginning, we were just partying. We were just partying <laughs> so much. There was nothing else. Stay close to bars and the restaurants. So, um, and at night, they, it was like the beginning, so no one really knew what rules were going to get in for bo- like enforced. So we weren't allowed to leave and take the house after 7 p.m. But we met a few. We knew like most of the backpackers on the island because there was so little. Like it was maybe I want to say maybe like forty of us left there. and We all had different houses, so we'd sneak over to each other's houses and we'd like drink there. And then as soon as the lockdown became a bit easier, I think that only lasted a few days or weeks. To be honest, and people just didn't care. People just went on to the streets because everyone's like, "There's no cases here." Everyone went about their day. Um. But so nobody go got the sick beaches. the entire time. No, no one. No, there's
0: no cool. cases. Did anybody get know, sick for really other cool. purposes?
1: Uh hangovers. <laughs> Not <the> hangovers. <laughs> but we um we moved houses a few times. Um um, so that kept like things interesting. I think we went through like five or six houses. Sorry, sorry. D-
0: d- just to clarify, how did you guys rent the the houses? Like, where people offer kind of opening the their doors to their to your house, or and and how much was each house? How much um, rent? Oh,
1: so cheap. It's because this was like the start of summertime, so people, it's pretty touristy and like the high season. A lot of people come there. It's like the it's called Utila. It's the cheapest place in central. <clears throat> sorry. In Central America, I think to dive. So, a lot of people go there to get their diving. So, Mm. they do get a lot of tourists, but because the whole island shut down, people had all these like holiday rentals free and no one. So, people were basically fighting for us to get into our house. They were just lowering and lowering, lowering the prices because there were like only a few of us and there were so many places available. So, we were paying something like. I want to say in the first house, maybe $5 a day.
0: Oh my gosh, house, between like all of a, you or each?
1: Each, each. Yeah, maybe oh, Okay, five, no,
0: that's good. That's pretty, yeah, that's really five good. Five dollars a
1: day. And then we just moved to like different houses towards the end. So there was three of us living in a house with a two bedroom apartment right by the ocean. Like literally, you'd open the door from the kitchen, you'd take like a few steps and you're in the ocean. And that cost us, I think it was $2.50 each a night. And I had like my own double bedroom. <laughs>
0: by the ocean. Wow!
1: It was good. Yeah. Well, how was the weather was during
0: the, the whole time you guys were there? Did you get was it hot? Is it hot all year hot. round?
1: Yeah, it's hot really? all year round. It gets hot and then it gets really hot and then it gets
0: hot again. <laughs> it gets yeah. hot and then it gets really hot. <laughs>
1: it gets really hot. It's like really mosquito-y and fly It's like a a month, but. I think it was towards the end of October where it was starting to get like real hot and we're getting like tropical storms. It was pretty cool. Like Gosh. but it was always warm. Yeah, it was always it's warm.
0: So crazy. It was
1: nice. But um yeah, there was some really beautiful beaches close to our house. Looking back, I don't really know what I did for six months, but I I think the main thing was definitely partying, going to the beach. It was like a dog shelter there. So in the mornings, I'd walk like five different dogs from the shelter to the beach, which was like the nicest thing because these dogs would sit in their little cage all day and then get released on the beach. We'd find things to do,
0: yeah. Did you, so you had a good time. Was anybody starting to get desperate though? Did people after a while, after maybe having fun for so long, maybe they started thinking, okay, this is enough, I need to go. Did you start seeing faces change?
1: All of us, all of us were yeah. ready to go after six months. It was so amazing and so beautiful. But after six months, like, we're used to traveling. Like, I never stayed anywhere for longer than a few days or weeks. <laughs> I've never stayed anywhere this long before. And it was so small. It was the same people. Like, towards the end, all of us were like, this has been amazing. But we, we need something new. So I think after, like, six and a half months, they decided to start the ferry back up. And me and my friend, Ash, and our other friend, Nico, who you also met. uh, The three of us decided on the first ferry, like, let's get off this island. So, we took the first ferry (laughs) to the mainland. And then we kind of just hoped for the best because everything was still closed. But we didn't even care where we were going. We just wanted to go somewhere else. And we ended up hitchhiking for a whole month through, like, the mainland. Literally, we went everywhere for a whole month. And everyone told us.
0: That's something I've never mm-hmm. done. I've never hitchhiked anywhere. I'm so I'm so scared compared to all you people. Like I'm not I'm not just you, but a lot of people that I meet while I travel. It's like, oh yeah, I hitchhiked from here and here and here, and I'm like, holy crap! You guys trust people way too much, and yeah. I'm a guy who trusts people. Like I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a guy who's like I I don't think people have anything. Well, I, you know, like you said, there's intuitions and all that, but
1: yeah. I don't yeah yeah put
0: myself out there like that. I like my comfort and uh, taking a bus. I like my comfort if i have to pay a little bit extra yet there's people that are, that are so like just instilled in their mm-hmm. mind no i'm not going to spend any unnecessary money and part of that routine is hitchhiking which will save you a lot of money oh yeah. how many countries have you hitchhiked in and have you ever felt unsafe
1: um hitchhiking I think it isn't even really that much for the money because in Honduras instead of taking a two dollar bus we would take like uh we would try and get a ride it was mostly the fun of it it was so fun like meeting all these people we'd like usually we'd be in the back of a truck at some point there was actually six of us so (laughs) we'd have like the we'd actually have like two or three of the girls standing by the road like trying to hitchhike and then people would pull over We'd call like the rest of like our friends the guys and all of our luggage over to come jump in with us as well so I never actually hitchhiked by myself I'm not sure Mm. I probably would but I would be more definitely more cautious but because we were the big group of people I never really worried about it um but, yeah, like I said, it wasn't even really to save money. It was just, yeah, the best view. So instead of sitting in a hot little minivan for five hours to get somewhere, we would literally sit in the back of a pickup truck in, like, open air in the sun. Yeah. Sometimes we'd sit on top of, like, boxes of fruit. We'd have to, like, <laughs> we sat in the back of, like, minivans. We sat with this, I don't know, we sat in some sort of church truck full of, like, they were driving to a church and they drove us with this, like, big, jesus figure on the side and yeah that's Uh, that's, uh, those are such
0: Mm -hmm. those are such i mean i'm living i'm like thinking about that experience through your through your testimony because you know i've lived similar tales and they're they're so unique and they're things that Mm -hmm. you can't plan for you can't go and pay somebody to go and and get it as you can't pay for them they're just priceless experiences and, and yeah a lot of them have a little bit of risk attached to it i don't think that one carried as much risk but you never know it's still Honduras. it's still a land full yeah. of gang members and people could kidnap and this that, and the other so um uh-huh. it's it's cool to it's cool when there's a little element of risk attached to something and then you end up finding out that there is no risk at all and it just becomes yeah. all so much more fun and satisfying so that that oh, that shit. is uh that is cool to hear um and and uh that's something that in jordan was jordan is a very interesting country it's kind of big but it's small and people all of them hitchhiked and all the hostels that i stayed in let's say i would meet you right and then let's say i added you Mm -hmm. on instagram and then the next person that i met at the next hostel in a different city they had already met you so you met people like the next Mm -hmm. person you would you would meet had already met some of the people you just met and at the end you looked and it was like wait, all these travelers like met each other at some point because there's not that many hostels and there's not that many cities. And also there's like one bus that goes from like, there's maybe three big cities. And it's like, just imagine Jordan, it's kind of desert landscape. And there's one long road going north to south and it's so easy to hitchhike. And yet I still didn't feel like I wanted to hitchhike. I still felt like I wanted to pay $14 for the bus and everybody mm. else that I met was like no man like how, like you just hitchhike and also even to the airport in, in the city south city of Aqaba I was like asking my my hostel own um owner I was like how do I get to the to the airport tomorrow and he's like just go hitchhike it's like the, the norm you know because it's there's so like normal. one little one road and I'm still like I don't know if I, if I would do that you know and I've met plenty I've actually met plenty of girls who who hitchhike all the time and they've never had a bad experience and i'm just like is it me that lives in america or is from america that
1: i don't know you know what it is i think it's also hitchhiking in like a western country it really is different from like hitchhiking in a third world country because i feel like whenever you're in states or in holland where you try to hitchhike there's this like people always kind of expect something in return, or they're yeah. like somehow they're giving you a ride, so you need to give them I don't know something in return somehow and I never you don't get that feeling when when I was in Honduras. people pick you up and like help you and they're nice to you because they genuinely want to help you, not because they want something in return, and it's the same with hitchhiking everyone it doesn't even cross their mind they drive they see someone next to the road like oh i have a car i have a space like get in that's easy right in the states people or in in holland people would be like oh like should we pick this first stop you don't know where they're in. you don't know this like there's always it feels different um
0: and you're totally so maybe, right about and you're totally right about not, it not being about the money because now i remember somebody telling me recently that they hitchhiked for the experience. And um, and they were pretty frugal people, but they said, no, I mean, I could pay for the bus, but I'm just gonna, I want I want the experience. And I forget where they were from, but I think they were mentioning that in the States, it took them like, maybe like, I don't know if he said days or he, he must've said hours though, but he said like a really high amount of, of, um, of hours. In like a very well-located spot where he thought it would be the easiest for somebody to pull over. Pretty much like the perfect location. And people would rather give him money for so that he would take the bus. Thinking he was just so desperately like in financial trouble that here's some money, go take the bus. And they're like, no, I just I want to meet somebody and travel with that person wherever they're going. And they were just oh, like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, so that's how we think about it. I think, I don't know each state, right? I know my, my state, California, but it's so, it's so different. It's so different, but it, it's, well, nice it's the to same with couch
1: surfing, couch surfing, right? When you think about it, it's like staying at people's house for free. I do it all the time. You do it all the time. Like most of the time, it's not because you don't have the money. Like I have the money to pay for a hotel or a hostel or wherever I want to stay. It's like the experience you get from people that offer their house for free for a backpacker. It takes a certain person to do that. The same with picking up hitchhikers. It's just the certain people you meet, I guess. And yeah, definitely it's a nice bonus that you don't have to pay for anything. But it's definitely not the main reason for doing hitchhiking, for couch surfing. It's definitely the people.
0: I think it just pulls you closer to what humanity should be like, which is just... Nothing in exchange, just talking, having conversations, uh, sharing life um, knowledge, you know, whatever uh, whatever I, I've lived in life, like that. Mu- that is interesting to somebody else and whatever somebody else has done is interesting to me. Um, and I think we live in societies that separate us into like boxes and it's like, we don't For really sure. kind of have those natural conversations. And anytime we want to do something, it's a transaction. So that's the freedom that traveling gets gives you, I think, is you really, nobody, yeah, you're going to meet people, but like it's mostly like a tour, tourist traps or something like that, that, that they're genuinely there because it's their life and they have mm-hmm. to make money. And they have to get some money out of you. But for the most part, it's like just so basic, the basic nature, like showing up somewhere and some. oh, you need somewhere to crash? Yeah, I have someone here. And the thing about couch surfing is that the, the title kind of misleads people. Because you're not really sleeping on couches all the time. No. <laughs> Most of the time you're anywhere. sleeping in... Yeah, you're sleeping in... I've slept in crazy places, places that would cost me hundreds of dollars per night, staying in really, really unique places as well. Oh, so yeah. It's, it's it's very cool. And since uh, we're on the subject, so you've never all had a bad experience staying in, in a stranger's home?
1: Couch surfing? No, I've never... No, I've never had a bad experience anywhere. And it also helps when you have an app like Couchsurfing where people so as you know, like leave reviews and references. You know, it's like a little extra security that you have when you're a girl or even a guy when you're traveling by yourself or you go into someone's house, like it sounds so crazy. But when you see ten other travelers have stayed there, yeah. you don't you don't get that. But of course I've met like I've never stayed at someone's house where I had a really bad experience with but I've met up with people culture thing in the US actually and I think that's the only place where I've had bad experiences really? in the US um yeah in LA I had a had a few odd ones <laughs> in LA <laughs> but uh, other than that no I've never never but I also think like when you have good energy you also attract it so I always go into a house I don't even I don't even look at what someone's house looks like. I don't know if it's yeah. a couch or a bed. Like, I have no idea. And then when I arrive, it's only it can only be better than a couch, you know. And sometimes the couch is better than the bed. So, no,
0: when I I've just think it's, it's. Sometimes, like you, you realize, like, okay, I, I'm I could pay for accommodation and I could pay for for breakfast and all that, but then you're stuck in a room by yourself and you're not really experiencing the culture. Like to me, I totally understand why people travel for. Purposes of vacation, right? They want to get away from their jobs. They want to just take a break from from things, and they want to stay in nice places. That makes total sense. But if you have the privilege to travel more long term, that's not how you really want to travel. You want to get to know different kinds of people, throw yourself in in, in into different situations, and and especially, I think the the most uh, interesting conversations that you know that that have taken place, and, and the coolest memories that I have it, uh, are me staying when somebody's home them waking up Mm -hmm. and giving me their typical breakfast taking me on a walk all day to places that I would take me hours to find on 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 a blog or maybe never ever find on a blog oh it's unbelievable it's unbelievable
1: it's it's incredible the people you met through couch surfing it's helped me so much with my Spanish like I I was learning Spanish and I wasn't getting anywhere because I was too close to the border (laughs) here in Mexico (laughs) and I just booked a place at a guy in Guadalajara in one of the cities in Mexico who didn't really speak a lot of English. And that's just where I started speaking only Spanish. And, and yeah, they they always show you all their favorite local places. Um, yeah, you get to oh, know the city and everywhere too. you go. Oh yeah. And
0: because they're they've like lived a, there for so long and now, all cents, the places. Like yeah. like street food or some place that they just know and you're just like this is the best food I've ever had. I couldn't have gotten this oh, in a yeah. four star, five star restaurant. There's no way
1: no for sure and I love also being able to bring something to them you know like there's some of the couch surfers that I've couch surfed at that I still well (laughs) we still we're still really good friends um and so many people I've met that I've made these connections with that you wouldn't necessarily make so easily at home because I don't know if maybe it's because you skip through the whole what do you do where do you live what do you want to do like you know all of those she kind of just that doesn't matter when you're traveling you just skip through all of the like irrelevant parts and you just get to know someone yeah yeah, yeah. straight away you know
0: so that's um really nice. so our time is running out here I have maybe five minutes left I wanted to ask you the last couple questions um and they're they, they have to do with uh being a woman and traveling but then what's the future like well what what is your mindset like for the future is this something you can maybe sustain for for a very very long time do you feel pressure from society to come back and establish a career or I guess a more typical career or what's your what are your feelings on, on all of those
1: I feel absolutely no pressure to go back and start a career and do everything what everyone expects me to do I did in the beginning I thought I'd go away for a few months I'd come back and then I guess start my job get a mortgage get a house get a car get all of that and ever since I've been traveling I've realized I don't need to do all of that even though we think that's what we have to do and that's normal and that's what's going to make us happy I realized that's not what made me happy traveling and like seeing places meeting people and having to share anything but what you want to do is such a nice feeling and also the thought of the thought of until so I'm seventy and then retiring and then enjoying my life when my body's so old it won't even be able to sustain yourself. It might not be the luxury like that you're used to, but it gives you so much. It gives you so many things that are materialistic, but it brings you so much like to grow and evolve yourself. So yeah, I have no. No plans or pressure to start a career like most people would do back home. But my newest plan or like short term, long term plan is I'm going to build some land, buy some land in Nicaragua with a bunch of friends that I've met traveling over the last year. She's met Ash and Nico. I've known Ash for like five years and we're going to get a piece of land together and build a house. So we'll all have a nice nice house here in Central America without the mortgage and without all the crazy paperwork that comes with it. So that's the plan. Well, the that, is, that
0: is very inspiring. And um, it's it's good to hear that, you know, five years um, later, you, you're still in love with, with what you do and, and you still feel safe and um, and you look forward to... And the thing is the world is a big place. So there's plenty of, of places that you can go. And I guess the privilege with oh. you too is that you have, um, you know, a passport that it saves a lot of headaches you don't have to apply for a lot a lot of visas but it, oh, it's really sure. inspiring uh to um to hear this kind of kind of story and i you know i would love to talk more and and, and uh, about other stories but i also have realized my podcasts are quite long and i like to substantiate <laughs> my conversations more uh but i guess one last thing what what is your um What is your message to the world as as a woman who travels by herself? Um, how, How would you like to spread your message?
1: I would say just do it. Don't be scared or what people say or what you might read online. Just go out and explore it for yourself. If you already think you want to go traveling, there's already something inside you that feels the need to explore more and see different things so i think you should listen to that gut and you should go out and explore everywhere that you need to go without feeling any pressure or judgment from people back home your family your teachers anyone you should just live your best life and enjoy all the beauties of this world
0: (laughs) (laughs) i totally agree Well, Megan, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I hope to see you very soon. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll stay in touch.
1: For sure. I'll talk to you soon. All
0: right.